Welcome back, everybody, to Forfeit Podcast. I'm John. We're here with Metal Matt, the Wild Bill, the J-Lo. And I don't know about first you. time I ever heard my nickname. I never <laughs> knew I had one. I had to come up with a good one for you. I uh, figured I'd send that intro in just to level set the mood here. Pal, uh, feel about our our beloved Philadelphia Eagles. Well, for the last 45 minutes leading up to when I hit the record button has been nothing but or anything but silence. Let's just say that. <laughs> it's been a lot of fiery emotions going on. John, it was a great, great setup. Awesome <laughs> intro. Um I know now I can take a sick day and know that the <laughs> podcast will be in good hands. Yeah, well, it won't be able to be put on any social media networks, but uh, we'll have intros. <laughs> we'll have intros and music. We've had music in, in back-to-back episodes. Yeah. We're really stepping up yeah. our game, guys. I'm, I'm yeah, really proud of us. Not, quarantine's not getting in our way. <laughs> no sorry, Bob. By the way, we've been doing this uh, remote for so long, I've just I've lost track of the number of episodes that we've been doing it via uh, Skype. We, I, I, I think don't even we're 63. Know. I stopped it. This is episode This is episode 62. Oh, 62. But I think I stopped tracking the the uh, the re- quarantine back at 44. 45. That was quarantine episode 14. Oh no, here we go. 47 was episode 16. That was the last time I documented it. So yeah, it's been it's been a long time. <laughs> feels like forever. It feels like forever. It feels like Kobe Bryant died like five years ago. Ugh. Rest in peace, Kobe. Rest in peace. Speaking of resting in peace. Yeah. Well, I don't know about peace, but um the pitchforks yeah, the, the pitchforks are out on the uh the Eagles forks, uh yeah. is in the pitchforks, right? Uh yeah. And then you know, the national broadcasting crew did a very good job making us look like an embarrassment to the to the league last night. And you know, I mean arguably so. I mean it's it's valid. Um, I don't know. It just felt like, uh, you know, most of us on this podcast played high school sports, right? I, I know John Varsity. did. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, did you play high school sports? Uh, my school only had, um, handball, soccer, tennis, and basketball. Okay. So is that, that's a no then. That's a no. Okay. That's a no. Well, it just reminded me last night. It just reminded me of like, you know, like, a couple times throughout the season 
when you're on JV or varsity, you would bring the freshman team in to scrimmage you. And it just felt like I was watching one of those like varsity scrimmage against the freshman team. And it was like, you know, the varsity guys, they kind of don't try or they kind of get off to a sluggish start. And, but, you know, ultimately they, they, um, they, you know, they put, they put everything together and they just end up pummeling the freshmen and, um, but still giving it, making it look like the freshman had a fighting chance, you know what I mean? And that's kind of like what I, what, how I took last night's game. It was like the, the Seahawks, it's not that they felt bad about us. And I felt like they came in and they respected us as a, as a team and an organization. I don't think it's, it's anything like that, but I just felt like, you know, they got off to a little bit of a sluggish start and, you know, it was, it was nothing, nothing for, for a lot longer than I think we all thought it would have been. And then, and then it, then, and then they finally kicked it into gear. But, um, you know, the final score is, was not a true reflection of how that game went, um, in my opinion. And, I'm sure a lot of people will agree. It was just, it just, it just looked like you know the, the Seahawks were playing football and the Eagles were out there doing something else, trying to figure it out, you know. And like, and Bill, you know, you said it, you know, in our, in our, um, in our pre-podcast conversation, um, you know, you, you you're struggling to to figure out what this team's identity is, and I. And, and I feel like that's, that's a huge chunk of, you know, part of their issues is what's going on as a whole. You know, I mean, yeah, you can say Carson Wentz isn't, isn't living up to his, his contract and his, his expectations. And there's definitely flaws in his game right now. Um, you know, but then you can also look at the offensive line, um, you know, being riddled with injuries and lack of talent and, um, and consistency uh, and chemistry, um, you know, the defense, you know, they showed up last night, but you know, they're very inconsistent. You know, you don't know what, what Jim Schwartz squad you're going to get on a week to week basis. Then there's the, there's the play calling all the way up to the front office. You know, I mean, I don't know. We've, we've gone over this so many times. It feels like groundhog day sometimes, but you know, until it gets fixed, I mean, I just feel like we're just, Overall, this team is struggling to kind of figure out who they are and who they want to be and where they want to go and who they need to get where they need to go. You know, and until then, I feel like it's always, it's going to be you're going to have, you know, the Doug, the Doug Peterson camp. You're going to have the Howie Roseman camp. You're going to have the Carson Wentz camp, um, you know, and it's just until they figure it out. You know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think last episode we we you know we were we were wondering if Jeffrey Lurie was going to step in. You know, it's really un, not like his it, you know in his nature to do so. Not to say that he's not in tune with what's going on with his team. I feel like he has you know he has his he has his ear to the street there. But um, I, I to see a, an owner come out and openly you know start calling some shots like that you know, especially when it's on his nature, it's, it's just alarming. So I don't know. It's going to be, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this week. It's, it's starting to be like, you know, how bad are they going to lose? Um, I mean, the Packers are just Aaron Rodgers is being, you know, Aaron Rodgers of old, he's putting on a, an MVP, um, type 
type of year. And um, I think it's, it's, it's not going to get easy for the birds. I don't think at all now. I mean, you look at the way that other teams are starting to come around in this division. Um, I think, uh, I think, I think the, I think the Eagles have lost the, uh, missed the boat in terms of winning this division and, you know, uh, clinching a playoff spot. I'm all in. So, uh, I think we're going to make the playoffs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, I John think I, John's John's <laughs> outlook and opinion hasn't changed. No, I think um, it, it's a great analogy that you that you uh, you brought up with like JV and varsity like that. And as a guy who played on both sides of JV and varsity, I, I know exactly how that feels. And uh, watching that game last night was, oh man, it was it was it was like it was like anticipating like a car wreck. Like you like, you know, it, it, you knew it was going to happen at some point. But. Yeah. Like I didn't go into that game feeling like we're going to win it, but you know, after the first couple defensive stops, I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, the, the Eagles are going to make this interesting as the Eagles mm-hmm. do. But then man, like then we got to some instances where I was just like these three and outs, like, what are we doing? Like, what are the play calling, you know, uh, you know, later in the game with uh, challenge flags being thrown and then even, you know, going for going forward on fourth down. I'm like, Doug's really, really like on my left. Like he's been on, he's, he's getting on my last night. I'm, I'm usually a Doug guy, but he's getting to the point now where when I started to get frustrated with Andy, like now I'm like starting to get frustrated with Doug. Like, why are you throwing a challenge flag and wasting a time out there? Why are you going for it on fourth down? Kick the field goal. Your defense is playing well. And those are the decisions that I'm just like, I shake my head. I'm like, what? Because, you know, it, it's bad enough. I'm, I'm already always on Carson for what he's doing. And he hasn't been playing better. And now I'm compounding that on Doug. It's like, who next? So I have to point the fingers at Jim Schwartz. And then, and then the whole Jim Schwartz thing after the game, and he comes to find out what he said to DK Metcalf. You're like, dude, are these, are these guys drinking before the game? Like what, what what's going on? What, what's, What's in their heads that would make them, you know, say these things and do these things and make these decisions? And it's like, you know, somebody show me the light. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and John, to like piggyback on that and like things that Doug has done, it's like 12 running plays, 53 yeah. passing plays. And if you count the sacks that were the, you're almost up to 60 passing plays. It's it's inexcusable. And the one of the best weapons you have is a running back who you refuse to use. And and it's it's just you know, Doug says in his press conference today, I take pride in play calling. I've got to take everything into consideration and if I feel like I get stuck in a rut, definitely I would consider giving that up. It's definitely on the table. It's like, bro, that, sh- that should have been on the table a month ago. Like you're not scoring. We're you have a quarterback who's struggling. How about you take a step back, work with your quarterback, let somebody else call the plays, and try to get the season turned around. And, and it's like every week it's a different. You know they they talked about speed, 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 and there's there's never any shot plays down the field. You you draft a guy who you said is supposed to be really fast. And last night, Lord, did he look slow. You know, all we heard was, well, his game tape is, he's faster than than he really is. You know, his, his game speed. 
I mean, Jalen Rager wasn't running away from dudes last night. He wasn't getting separation on anybody. And it's like the route trees don't make any sense. You're, you're using, you're, you're using Rager on place that you should be using Fulgham or, or Alshon on. And then you're using Alshon on, on place that Rager should be getting it. It's just there's there's no rhyme and reason to anything you do. You waste a second you waste a second round pick on a quarterback, and you we hear all week how he's going to get all these plays, and he has two, and he would have had three, but we don't even know what we're doing. He had to come off the field because they both had their fucking green dot helmets on. Because again, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. Like we can't even get the simple things right, and. You know, you have what you have. A, you run a play, then you bring her, you bring Jalen in. He fucks the cadence up. They get a penalty. He completes a pass. You pull him out. You put Wentz back in. So like both of these guys are getting jerked back and forth, and nobody can get into a fucking rhythm. Wentz is constantly looking over his shoulder, and and again, you you waste a pick on a guy that could have gone to a team that would actually play him. So. You know, it, it was like in my rant last week. Is is Hertz just can't take that step from the college game to the pro game, or is Doug like this isn't my guy? Like I I feel like Doug's guy was Wentz. Doug put his his put hitched his wagon to Wentz, and and I feel like Doug's like I didn't sign up for this shit. I didn't sign up for another quarterback. This is my guy, and you waste a pick because. And and Doug said today, like, why, why wouldn't I been oh. in on on the 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 Hertz pick? It's like because I think Doug is is pragmatic enough to realize that it doesn't matter where your backup quarterback comes from. Typically, if your backup quarterback if your backup quarterback is playing, your season's over. Like, and 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 like Philly fans are so neurotic about after the Super Bowl, it's like, well, it happened once. It's going to happen again. It, it's only ever happened once. Like, teams don't win Super Bowls with backup quarterbacks. It's didn't, never didn't happened. Didn't Jeff Hosteller win? Huh? Didn't Jeff Hosteller win? Didn't Kurt Warner win? Didn't, yeah, uh, but Kurt Warner wasn't, like... Didn't Tom Brady win? Uh, Brady didn't win that first year, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> But typically it doesn't happen. And again, like smart teams aren't using second round picks on a guy who's, who's going to have what? 15 snaps, 15, 20 snaps. Like our, our defense would look a lot better with chin in it right now. Like we can all agree on that one. I wonder what your opinion would be if, if Carson Wentz was hurt and we were watching Nate Sudfeld or we had the chance to see Jalen Hurts. I, I think that, I think, the the part where I I disagree with you is just the 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 idea of having a backup quarterback. I think isn't a bad thing. I mean, okay, maybe taking him in the second round might have been maybe questionable, but again, if he pans out, um, it could be a home run, and that's but a big the, if. The the problem is we've now backed ourselves into such a corner with this panning out. Like the the window for him to pan out is a season. Because he's not going to play that fourth year on a on a a spec. Well, we lost Jesse again. Well, this Bill, Bill, what's your take? What's your take on it? <laughs> but like, his agent's going to be like, "Nah, bro, you can you can you can pay him now, or just let him go." Because that, so like, 
the the chance for this to pay off is just the window is just getting shutting and shutting and shutting because you have to you're going to you're going to have to cut Wentz and the salary cap's going to blow up the roster because of it and you're not going to really know what you have with him until his third year so you you have a, a year to take advantage of the fact that he's on a rookie deal before you then have to extend him and he's on a big money deal like this would have made a lot more sense if you got rid of Wentz before the draft or at the draft or something like that, where you have three years for Hertz to show you what he can do before you have to figure out if you have to sign him now, you know, it, and, and then on top of it, we don't know what's going to happen with our GM. We don't know what's going to happen with our coach. Like this, the, the, the odds of this paying off for this franchise are just getting, are, are getting longer and longer and longer where, and you see the second round picks that other teams grabbed that are playing and producing and going to help their teams make the playoffs and get wins. And you're just like, it was a bad pick. And so and it's, just a, it's just a bad pick on top of 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 a bad pick. And it's like, I, I feel like people probably think I'm a broken record, but like dude needs to start hitting home runs or get the fuck out of the organization. So because hypothetically, hypothetically. Yeah. And I, I, I want to knock on some wood here because I don't want this to happen, but say Carson Wentz leaves, leaves the game against the Packers on, a, on the cart. Yeah. In comes Jalen Hurts. Does this change your opinion on why we drafted Jalen Hurts? No, because, again, like smart teams don't use – a second round pick on a fucking backup quarterback. They're just like, cool. Give me Teddy Bridgewater. Get me fucking Marcus Mariota. Get me, you know, whoever, because they realize I have a finite amount of money and I have a finite amount of roster spots. And those, those first and second round picks are typically impact players that start. You have control over them for four or five years at a low value and you get a lot of production out of them. And we are going to get none of that out of this because if Carson stays healthy, it's an absolute wasted fucking pick. But if and Carson doesn't stay healthy, then it's still an absolute wasted pick because at that point, the guy hasn't been able to play. He hasn't gotten first team reps. And when Carson comes back, you'd be the starter again. Like it's just, if it was a third round pick or a fourth round pick, okay, whatever. But like there were legitimately good players there that we could have grabbed that we had neat positions of need for. But what if, and what if Wentz pulls a clay Thompson and blows his other leg out? Then he blows his other leg out. Like well, he ain't coming back. That's, that's fine. But like GMs don't, again, we're, we're talking about a, a GM that. And I'm just playing they, devil's advocate. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. But again, we're also talking about the same guy that thought J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was going to be a better pro or that, that thought, you know, that, that Justin Jefferson couldn't couldn't run routes, even though he ran every he ran the entire route tree at LSU, looked like a great player and now looks like a great pro. Like we're Can talking about the same. What, John? God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. But like we're it's the same guy making dumb mistakes. And it's just like. What dumb mistake is Howie going to do this time? Oh, he signs three defensive tackles. Only two of them can play at the same time, and all three of them look cooked. But there's a third of our a, a third of our salary cap. Like the the dumb decisions that Howie makes 
are the reason that we have three wins. The dumb decisions that Howie makes are the are the reason that our roster is threadbare right now. And we have calls for him to be fired. We have calls for the coaching staff to be fired. Like, yeah, Carson is culpable for a lot of these things, but at at some point, you know, you, you have to call a spade a spade and say that other people need to start pulling their weight. And, and you can say, if you want to say that Carson had one good year, maybe a, a good season and a half, and everybody wants to throw him out of town, you could say the very same thing about Howie Roseman. He's had a good season and a half, and everybody everybody wants to throw him out of town. Like, it's the same thing. You know, Howie had a great season, and we won a Super Bowl. Carson had a great season, almost as the MVP, and we won a Super Bowl that year. Like, but beyond that, they've been mediocre, both of them. I, I think Wentz has played, had, had good stretches last year, I mean, he threw for 4,000 yards, 27 TDs, seven, seven picks. Like, that's pretty good with what he was throwing the ball to. This year, God knows what happened. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if the Hurts pick just absolutely mind-fucked him and he just can't get out of his own shadow. I don't know. But I do know that they set themselves up for this. And they didn't have to. And they got cute again, and it bit him in the ass. And at some point, like, we're a bad team. We're a really bad team now. And a, a quarterback change. He was on a roll. We lost, we lost him again. <laughs> he was on a roll. Going to do shit in the playoffs. We lost you again there. but Yeah, I think you said a quarterback change isn't going to do shit in the playoffs. Well, isn't going to do shit. We're, we, we would go from being, you know, three or four wins to six or seven or eight wins. But, like, the, this team just isn't good enough to compete with the better teams. Can, like, can we're I, seeing that now. Can I ask a, a question? In sure. Two, in 2014, I was doing some research. Yeah. 2014 draft. The New England Patriots took Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round. We know in 2014 who the quarterback was for the New England Patriots. It's been the same mm-hmm. guy. It's been there the last last couple eons of the centuries. Mm-hmm. In Tom Brady is that is that pick that the New England Patriots made a bad pick? No, it's simple, John. Tom Brady was 35 years old. Carson Wentz was 28 years old. There's a 29 years. There's a big oh. fucking difference. And okay, he, just, but he, but he, he just left now. So, so the 2014 draft was playing 30, 30. And the same with the, cause you can five say four years, you can say Jordan love and Aaron Rodgers. Same Aaron Rodgers is 37. All right. Once you hit 35, yes, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson's going to play until he's 40. Probably it's going to be a handful of guys that defy that so you, there, there will be that aspect that's now. I mean, Russell said he won't play till he's forty-five. Maybe he can. I mean, Russell is, uh, you know, Russell. He's never been hurt. Got knock on wood. I hope he never gets hurt. I love watching the guy play. I mean, Philip Rivers never missed a game in his career. That's so fucking crazy. The guy gets smashed every game because he has no mobility. But, um, but the Tom Brady thing, Belichick was forward thinking in the sense that Tom Brady's thirty-five. You, and you can argue I can't speak to it because they're not in front of me, but I would almost be a guarantee minus maybe a season or two in there 
that from 35 down his stats declined or weren't ascending. So I think that isn't the same thing when you when you have a 35 year old quarterback who's already been there for 10 plus years, as opposed to a guy you just literally the year before paid 130 million dollars to. That's where the big difference is, and everything that Jesse said, I, I would really second. I'm not going to repeat everything. I think it, it, it was getting cute. I agree that a backup quarterback is a position of need. You could have signed James Winston. You could have, signed, you know, there's guys out there that, or drafted a guy that, you, that you, maybe you liked in the third or fourth or fifth. But I agree. If you put the money we put out on this roster on every position, basically, I mean, we're second highest paid. Well, you, you don't have the second highest salary cap in the league if you're not in all in now mode. So I don't understand why. You took a, a position. Yes, it's a position of need. Second, second most position on the second most important position on the NFL team is the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Everybody says the real guys say it. Those, that's okay. it. I understand that. I agree with you. But to Jesse's point, there are better ways to go about it. And if you really had the foresight to win now, that was bad on a position need. And Carson just got past. The Nick Foles shit from the year before getting, getting his team to the playoffs <coughs> with a sack of potatoes on the outside catching the balls. And this is how we repay him. Hey, we're going we're gonna to replace a guy that, you know, again. I, I still don't care for that. You say the word a lot, John. It's optics. You say the word a lot, optics. Yeah. Bad fucking optics for mm-hmm. Carson not to deal with this shit. If you can't, if you can't handle your organization. No, that's not fair. That's bullshit. That's no, that's not bullshit. bullshit. No, you can't. You can't make Carson your guy and then, then then throw dog shit at him by getting him no no help on the on on, on really on the on with weapons because you knew Alshon was out, you knew Deshaun was was hopefully going to be healthy. That's a big if. The guy's what thirty three. You're putting all your hopes on a thirty three year old receiver. Do you think yeah, Zach? Er, do you think Zach Ertz was butt hurt when they drafted Dallas Goddard? Probably. Oh, I'm sure she was furious. Oh, okay. Probably. I mean, but and again, John, you're right. I mean, you if you're not, not if you're not looking forward as the GM of your organization and looking towards the future, and I understand your point. If you're not if you're doing that, looking towards the future, but not understanding what is the problem tomorrow, I get that. But again, I'll say if Carson Wentz continues to play bad in the next two seasons, and at the end of his contract you're left holding your proverbial penis in your hand and you have a guy in Jalen Hurts who you have been grooming for the last two years and you can roll with, is, is maybe the contract is more of the issue here and less about the second-round pick that was made. I would well, agree. I would but agree. Again, the, 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 the contract the, wasn't made. I think, I think the argument that everyone's making here I, I, I get, but I think the issue more is the contract now more over pay, paying or picking a second round quarterback. Well, John, also the other thing is, so not only is it the contract, it's the amount of years that are left on the contract versus the amount of years that are on Hertz's contract. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be a problem where he's not going to be able to show you enough before you have to pay him big money. It was the same thing with like, um, the, some of the guys on the Sixers, like that, that like with Embiid, like he was hurt, he was hurt, he was hurt, and then he finally plays, and now you have to, now you have to figure out, are we going to pay him? If what he are we going to give? Sign him? here, Jesse. He's not huh? going to go. If he doesn't sign here, 
in your hypo- in this hypothetical world that you're living in, and I get it, if he doesn't fourth year, Jalen Hurts is like, I- I'm going into my fifth year. I'm going to need to get paid. And John, he's not he's getting a, it's a four year contract. Okay. So, so you're okay. Year three, two years from now, like what team is just going to be chomping at the bit to sign him? My, my, and if we want to, we hold the keys to your contract. We'll fucking franchise you. We have no problem doing that. The, the, it's the, it's the average of what the top two or top three contracts for sure. the position. Yeah. And you know what? For one year to give it a shot, it might, that might be the role. That would I mean, mean his contract would be almost like $40 million a year, dude. Like, uh, smart again, teams don't do that. If, again, I'll ask the question again. If Carson Wentz continues to play as poorly as, as, he, is, as he is doing in the next two seasons as we're locked up with him, and you don't have a quarterback, do you feel better having Jalen Hurts in your back pocket, or would you prefer have nothing? Well, the problem is that we don't know what he can do. Like if Carson's playing bad and he's playing every week, how do we know what Jalen is? You might, you might see him in the next four games. I I mean, again, it's, it's. And next year you get a preseason, hopefully. And then the next year after that, you have another preseason and maybe he gets in the game a little bit more. Maybe he's playing a little bit more of that Taysom Hill role. And now you're like, okay, maybe we've seen what we've had with Carson Wentz. Maybe Carson gets injured again. I don't know. I've always stood the ground that, that it was an insurance pick. And we'll see how it works out as insurance goes. If, if Carson Wentz has an accident, you're covered. If he plays like a superstar, then you have a, you have a second-round pick that you've invested time and money in. You can use him as a gadget player. Or maybe you flip him for something. And you, and you, throw, and you turn a deal around like you did for – Sam Bradford or Kevin Cobb or any of those other quarter Mike Vick, any of those quarterbacks that you had. The, the difference, the difference is with a taste, you know. And I agree, John. I, I'm okay with him getting time in this and that and becoming a taste and feel type of player. And I know you're not comparing him to him for the same for the reason how Taysom Hill was drafted. The reality, I actually heard Sean Payne talk about it last week on the Rich Eisen show. He discovered Taysom Hill when he asked for a preseason tape on a wide receiver that his wide receiver coach was pitching at him to, to see that they wanted him to sign in the practice squad. So he watched the Packers play their last preseason game. He was a Packer, undrafted Packer. And he saw Taysom Hill bust for like a 30 or 40-yard touchdown run on a Taysom Hill type of play. And he said he watched the entire Packer roster sprint to the end zone to hug him and pick him up. And that's what got his attention. And spend the transpired and this and that, and realized that he wasn't a quarterback ready, but could be. So, point is, there's a difference between getting a guy second round for that spot mm-hmm. and finding a guy off a practice squad. Now, I understand you can't always get lucky, Sean Payton style, with the guy, but to Jesse's point, it's it, it just really head scratching. And the problem is, is with Howie John, it's not like this is like one or two things. This is He's like trying to get cute. I get it. He's trying to get cute. And again, I think time will tell. I think it will answer a lot of the questions. Um, but it certainly doesn't look good for Carson Wentz. Like, right I now. think the Rager pick, John, was him trying to say, fuck you, I didn't mess up. You know, I know I didn't get DK, but Rager's better than Jefferson. And that slapped him in the fucking face, too. Because I get it that we have our individual scouts and each team doesn't go off of. But when you go off of, like, 
domain statting charts and, and everything is no brainer, Justin Jefferson. And we think a guy that's projected at best in the second round. Once again, it's like, yes, I understand scouts view things differently, but with our lack of ever drafting and developing receivers, really, like at what point do we listen to maybe other consensuses and say, well, let's and not Bill, just watch shoot? They, they said the guy that felt was a 21 that a lot of people had as a top 15 pick, like the Sixers did with Maxi. That's exactly and they, why I feel the exact opposite with Howie as Daryl Morey. Because I really don't know that I – and again, this is hypothetical world, so it's, it's silly to say it. But I don't think Howie would have drafted Maxi if he was in that spot. Because Howie's too much in fucking on the smartest guy in the room shit every goddamn draft. A.K.A. Rager, Jalen Hurts, Devin Taylor, David Taylor, Devin Taylor. Are you kidding me? A guy that literally can't, you know – Sniff, sniff a field. It's a third round pick. Come on, dude. Like that's just silly. Like it, 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 it just, it's just a waste. It's just a waste. And like, I don't know. It would be one thing if we had guys overfilling our roster with talent. That's like, well, you know, we don't have guys anyway. So go, go for big home run, boom or bust guys. We have positions of need at like every level. And yet our GM who likes to be from what we read lately, pretty hands on decides, no. I'm going to get cute and I'm going to redefine the NFL and be a quarterback factory and have two quarterbacks on the field instead of maybe having a quarterback on the field that I really give my support to. And I get it. He paid him the money. So that's a lot of support, but I don't know. It's it's with the exception of Aaron Rodgers, I who, who the Packers never really took care of. And that was, that, that's a whole different dynamic. He he's defies it. No, no, no team deprives their quarterback like the Eagles have done the Cards in the last few years. And I get it, I get injuries, I get it, played a part. But you went into the season knowing Alshon was a question mark. You went into the season having a 30, I don't know. To me, it goes into the vision and identity. Like, what was our plan of attack? And when Matt was saying that, the first thing that came to my mind was, we are so far from a championship-level team. Like, why do I even get care at this point? Because championship-level teams have a focus. You and brought up the whole JV varsity thing. I'll say one thing now. Shut up. Watching that game last night reminded me of the Eagles in 2017 when every fucking game was like, no matter how bad we're playing, we're going to win this game. doesn't matter what's going on. We're going to – and watching us have to be on the other end of that has just literally put me at the lowest level with this team since, honestly – the end of the Andy and end of Andy error because I never felt this bad with Chip. I know he wasn't probably the guy, whatever. But Chip won. Chip, Chip has ten wins, ten Chip ten nine ten nine wins. This whole three win thing, I can't stomach. And 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 it's, I'm not saying it's only Howie's fault, but he wants to be on that podium with this kid and holding that trophy. I'm the man. I got Chip fired. I call the plays. I tell you, your coach, Doug. John, that's why I got the bullseye at Howie number one. Because he made a move for all the juice, and he fucking failed for the last three years. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm just – and the reality is, is we all know we're not going to go anywhere because next year is how we are. So we got another year of trying to watch Howie shows how smart he is, and I just don't have confidence. And, and I'm sure a lot of people thought the same way when – they brought in Doug Peterson, and they, they didn't think Doug Peterson was the right hire, and they didn't think that uh, 
Howie Roseman was the right guy to take back over the reins. And look what he did. And I get it. You guys say it's three years ago. He won. He got us a Super Bowl. Great. It's three years now. But the highest of highs that we felt Mm -hmm. in 2017, we're never going to feel that high again. Right? Because that was the first one of our generation. Like, of all three of us, that was the first Super Bowl we've we've witnessed. Right? The next one, is the next one going to be sweeter? We don't know. Right? We don't know what we're feeling. But the fact that he has when you when i say steer the ship you're going to be like yeah it was a titanic but but it was a after 17 i truly believe he wanted to maximize what he could do in the next two years because that was the window and then after that and then after this season in my opinion i think i said in other podcasts i believe this this roster is going to get wiped out and when Jesse, you bring up like the defensive line uh, guys, if all of a sudden next year Fletcher Cox gets cut, which might may happen, I doubt it, but may, I feel much better having a guy like Malik Jackson there. I have much better having a guy like Javon Hargraves there. Like, will they pan out? We'll see. You know, the Zach Ertz thing. If Zach Ertz ends up getting traded and Dallas Goddard throws that becomes that role the Dallas Goddard pick looks like a great pick if he's as good as advertised, you know? Well, here's the, here's the thing that's, that's frustrating the most about, and then I'll ask you a question, Mm John. So they, they got cute with the, the JJ DK thing. And I mean, I, I, he should have been fired. He should be fired for that alone, but whatever. Then it comes out that his scouts the Eagles' own scouts said, don't touch Rager. Jefferson all the way. Go for Jefferson. How he overrules his own scouts again to go for the position of apparent need over the best player. And so, so it's like he doesn't even learn from the mistake that, that slapped him in the face and helped knock him out of the playoffs. Like, he doesn't he- learn. I I firmly believe that Aaron Moorhead, as the wide receivers coach, had a pretty good say in this as well. You think a guy that they just hired had had a say over over so. drafting Jefferson? Jeff, Jeff, I, I, Jeff, I mean, I think he probably right. had a, a, a voice I, to, to give. I Howie think he one hundred percent had a voice. Then he should be fired too. He, he played. He played with um, uh, Jalen Rager's father. Great, and. You know, I mean, he, I mean he's in kid, charge of the wide receivers. Listen, if if you were if you were hired as the you know wide receivers coach and you have the opportunity to, you know, coach a guy or a kid that you've seen growing up and you really like his game, and you've seen a guy like I don't know, I'll just Justin Jefferson maybe, and you're like, ah, oh, maybe I don't know about this kid. You know, whatever. I I feel more comfortable with this guy coaching this guy. Hey. I would probably be with Aaron Moorhead too, and you know what? I pro- and I would have been wrong, but you know, my my uh, the first thing I would think would be that you know, like all right, fair enough, fair enough. Now here, here's a, here's a question because I've asked this. Uh, I think I've asked this of you a couple times, and I don't think I've ever we've ever gotten a, a straight answer. Like, oh wow, shots fired! So <laughs> wow, let me get the let me get the vest on. So bang bang, Howie's had three terrible drafts. How many more terrible drafts are you willing to stomach before you come to the, wow, 
he 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 shouldn't be doing this anymore. Like, how many more bad drafts does he have to give you before you say enough's enough? I know, well, John. well, well, well number, number one, I don't think he's had three bad drafts. I, I, you know me answer, John. I was going to say John's no, going to say no, And number draft. two, and number two, I said this. I, I, I feel like he deserves one more shot. He deserves one more shot. I, I think it's fair. He, Andy Reid left. They brought Chip in. He worked with Chip, didn't get a, worked with Chip for a couple of years, didn't get along with Chip a couple of years, goes to the basement comes back and redeems himself and, and gives this, it helps give the, I'm going to say he did it all. It's the players. It's the organization around him helped give this team a Super Bowl, which they needed in six that they haven't had in 60 years. I think he's earned a respect from that. That's my personal opinion. It's got nothing to do with anything else other than if that was me, I would, I would feel like I deserve it. That's all. That's fair enough, but I mean, and and I think I it's, which three years are you talking about? Are you talking about this draft, 2020, the 2019, 2018? Or are you going way before that? When you said last, I, three I would years? say, I mean, I would say 2019, 18. Okay, well, I, again, I, it's too early to tell on 2020, but it don't you know, look good so far. I, I again, I, I could argue, I could argue about 19 and 18. But you know we we've been that we've what been there. What could you argue about eighteen when they cut JJ Arthega Whiteside? Sixty percent of that draft class is out of the NFL. That's a that's, that's a that's a huge miss. Miles Sanders is going to be your probably best offensive player once you get rid of Zach Ertz. Do I agree with that? Eh, I don't know. Miles Sanders has a lot to prove to me. Andre Dillard could be your starting left left tackle for the next five years. He's been but, hurt. He's got to but see John, something. But I can't. I can't it, just throw him under the bus. It's a I agree. JJ Arthega Whiteside was the wrong pick. But you know what? DK Metcalf was the right pick, and then thirty other teams should have drafted him too, and they didn't. So, but sucks. Thirty other teams can't say at the end of this season. Sixty percent of my draft class is out of the league. I, I'm sure I could go back and look at a certain year and, and, and find a, a, a draft class that that's I'm not sure, unheard of. I'm sure you can. And, and, and this is where we always disagree, Jesse, you want every pick to be a home run. Every player needs to be a pro bowl player. And I'm telling you that if you go back and look just pick a team out of the blue, say, just go pick the LA Rams and go look at, at five years of drafting. And you look at players and you, and you look at the games played and you'll be like, Oh, well, where is he at? Oh wait, he's not playing anymore. Well, where he's at? Well, he's a starter and he's a pro bowler. Cool. And you go down our list. And you go. You'll you'll be able to do it for every every team. Yes. You every you, team. Yes. Every team has a bad draft. Yes. But typically, typically, you don't see many teams saying, "Wow, we drafted these guys two years ago and sixty percent of them are gone." That's my point. Like that's not only did they miss, they missed so badly. That in two years they cut them. That's that's a big miss. I mean, everyone in the 2018 draft class is playing and 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 producing now and even prior to. I could argue. Myalata filled in last year. Matt Pryor filled in last year. Josh Sweat filled in last year. Avante Maddox played. Last year, 
Goddard played last year. And that, th- this was a draft that was arguably three years ago. And, th- and those guys are, could very well be, you know, your, your next starting left tackle or right tackle. Oh God, please Matt Pryor me. isn't, they're not even playing him anymore. Yes, he is. He started last night or no. Who am I thinking of? Um, I don't know who you're thinking of, <laughs> but, but well, again, like, I, we're not going to, again, that, that's my Driscoll, opinion. That Driscoll's the guy that they were real high on. He got hurt. Didn't he, didn't he blow his fingers out yeah, or something? They liked him a lot. He got hurt. He's a player. And again, going back to the conversation we had pre pre podcast, if a lot of this offensive line doesn't get hurt preseason, we're not having the conversation about these guys. But shit happens. It's the NFL, you know. You know, guys like uh, I'm thinking of uh, Nick, Nick Bosa. I'm thinking of guys like Joe Burrow. I'm thinking of uh, Joey uh, Bosa. I'm thinking of guys that you know are got hurt. Um, uh, 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 shit, the lineman from uh, the the Rams, who's uh, Whitworth, who's been God. He's been played. He played for Cincinnati, and he's been through the ringer, and he's probably done for his career. But again, like shit happens. Like you know, you can't. You know, I, we're not going to ever agree about Howie Roseman until, like I said, he gets one more. He gets it. He gets the rebuild, in my opinion, and then after that, I will. I will have a a pretty good notion as to what his, his evaluating or rebuilding or GM status in my opinion would be. And listen, I understand I'm the, I'm the minority. I listen to sports talk radio. I listen to the guys on TV. I, everybody hates him. I get it. I understand it, but not everyone is like a super fan like me. And I'm definitely skewed. Don't get me wrong. You guys know me more than anyone. I'm skewed. I cut me open. I bleed green. I get it. But man, I like to give guys the benefit of the doubt. And I think if he didn't, if he had not won a Super Bowl, I would be singing a different tune. But I think he deserves respect for that. Tell you what, yeah, I'm about done with the Eagles, but a little surprised yeah. seeing the Sixers not playing on Christmas Day. I'm a little shocked, a little disappointed. Yeah, what's up with that? that? You'd think that with we the have... new coach that, that 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 would give him a little a little juice. Joel and Ben are two. They were both all stars last year. I mean, that's not anything to frown upon. I mean, that's the all stars. That's a fucking fact. I mean, so it's we got two all stars, a new coach. We're clearly a top four or five team in the in the East, and uh, I'm I'm just shocked that we didn't get one of the spots. Um, I'm actually disappointed. So, but uh, I am getting excited for. The Sixers, which I haven't had excitement for this team in probably two years, probably still well, no, I guess a year since Jimmy left. I was when we when we let Jimmy go, I that really popped my bubble with this team, really popped it. I'm trying to find the uh, Christmas Day schedule. Do you guys have it up? Yeah, I have it. Hold on. Who's playing? It's uh, shit. I did. Oh, I here we go. There it Pelicans is. Heat. Okay, so Zion. They wanted Zion, whatever. Wanted Zion, the Bucks. Heat. I mean, the Heat. That's Butler and the uh, Warriors. Bucks. I mean, the Warriors are planning on making a, a return, you know, with or without. Yeah, they got, yeah they got I think they're going to make some noise. Yeah, they're Bucks. Tough. Definitely a juggernaut. The Nets. I mean, you got KD. Celtics. Celtics made a deep run. Yeah, I mean, all these teams are justified over the Sixers. I don't see any one team here that. What would the Sixers would trump? 
The only thing, yeah, the, I would say the Nets because the Nets were in a playoff team last year, and I know. Yeah, they had, but but I think the star power of 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 Kevin Durant um, playing with uh, with uh, Uncle Drew, uh, you know, it, it. I think I think that trumps, you know, what the Sixers had going on. I'm so over the hype of of Kevin Durant. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, time will tell. I mean, he could he could come back and make a and and dominate, but I I, I don't know. It's it's that's it's a tall order. No, I mean, I I I I still really feel strongly that. I mean, Kyrie. Obviously, it's yes, they're going to be lethal on offense, but. Kyrie is such a hole on defense when he, when he only plays when he feels like it. And I think he'll be motivated. But that team is is so top heavy. I mean, look at LeBron. LeBron couldn't. LeBron couldn't even turn that team. Now the East isn't isn't as strong. I mean, there'll be a playoff team, I think, but they're not going to dominate. I mean, it took LeBron a year to get the Lakers Lakers going. All right, and that's LeBron. And I don't think KD. Yes, is KD, but. I, I got to see him before I before I'm on the KD train again. He had a major injury, and yeah, I, I'm sure he could still shoot, but he's in a new conference, new team. I don't know. It's just uh, you know I they mean, got a the team. I don't get out of all these is the Pelicans. I mean, yeah, Zion, but like oh no, the NBA. I mean, they changed the playoff playing rules because they they want Zion to be the face of the NBA in the next two to three years. Like they're putting every up, op- they're trying to make, they I don't see it, man. The man. Uh, to me, I, uh, and I could be dead wrong and I could be eating humble pie, you know, in two, three years, but I, I, I'd put my money on Luca being the face of the NBA before I was Zion. I, mean, I think Zion, I think Zion's one injury away from him having major issues with his body. I mean, that's true. That Luka gets hurt a lot too. He missed some games last year. I think talent-wise, um, Zion is it's just more marketable. He's you know a good-looking kid. You know, went to Duke. You know, All-American yeah. story. You know, just in, you know he's you know humble as can be. You know, I, I think he's the marketing dream for the NBA. You know, whether his play can live to that. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I mean, the NBA's done worked very, very hard over the past thirty years to to get world world renowned, you know, uh, recognition. And someone like Luca can carry that torch, you know, and keep the 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 um, the appeal of the NBA, you know, beyond just the United States. I mean, I think the NBA's always strived to be um, a worldwide, you know, product. Um, I mean, maybe maybe Zion can do that. I don't know. Maybe he is the next LeBron, but I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean that's what they're him for. I mean, that's yeah. one of the reasons they extended the playoff bubble last year because they really wanted the Pelicans to make the playoffs. That I think was- he just didn't play enough last year. Like I, I, you know, I was thinking of this the other day. Like I don't know. I saw something about the Pelicans or something made me wonder. But I, I, I'm I'm not on the. I'm not on the Zion hype train yet. I, I, I think I have to see the. I think I have to see more from the kid. No, I, I think you will, and I mean it's fair. I mean it's it's you know guys. A lot of guys get crowned, but he he has the skills to do it. He's not he's not a guy that just was bigger than everybody in college, so that's why he was good. He legitimately was a, is a great athlete and can shoot and can do the whole game. He can shoot. He mm-hmm. can play defense. He can. I mean he's. 
you know, he got hurt, which is a big thing, but you know, his weight's going to be an issue because he's already playing above the weight they want him at, you know, yep. and he's 21, 22. So yep. it's how, you know, it's not just, I know he's like, actually, he just turned 20, I think. So it's like, you know, if you're that young, it's an issue. It's not going to get better as you get older. Um, so that's a real thing, but yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, I, I think they're ready. They, they know LeBron has probably won for sure. Like this year, and then I think maybe next year. And then after that, I think LeBron takes a big decline from being the man, like on the court, like just skill wise. I think he's got one to two more years of being LeBron. Mm-hmm. And the NBA just wants to, uh, NBA, you know, Kevin Durant's too old. And, you know, guys like Jimmy Butler, you know, they don't really have somebody else. So you got the Lucas, the Joel Embiid's, the, the Ben Simmons, the guys that, that next tier, the Kawhi Leonard's, that, you kind of want to be, but you know, a lot of it, a lot, a lot of it is how you play on the court. Mm-hmm. Jan, don't forget Giannis. Giannis, now Giannis too. I, 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 I would skip him, but I'll tell you what, Giannis, I'm, and I've been saying it, banging the drum, and I'm banging it again this year. Even with Drew Holiday, Giannis was, has been exposed again for what he is, and I'm just so yeah. shocked that the NBA. I don't, I don't see, I don't see the upgrades. I don't see what Drew Holiday does as I don't, I don't see, see that. Would, a major upgrade. For- I agree. And back-to-back years, it's proven again when teams in the NBA decide in the playoffs play half-court defense because the only time they play it, most of the teams, the freak freak is no longer a freak. He's Ben Simmons. It's all he is, who's a little bigger and stronger than Ben. And it just amazes me because Giannis hits a couple two three threes in the game now, how all of a sudden he's a complete player. Bullshit. He's a complete player. He's in the paint 80% of the time. He takes a couple threes on fast breaks, and he'll hit a couple. But he how many? He had like two or three air balls in the game against the Celtics. And yeah, bad, guess, bad. But it's like he's a second year in a row when he had to play a team that packs it in and says, come beat us on the outside, Giannis. It's embarrassing. Like, they weren't even in the games. And yet the NBA just loves this guy. He's the Greek freak, and he's best player in the world who can't hit a foul shot or a jump shot. But yet it's okay to shit on Ben Simmons for it, everybody. Oh, Ben's, you know, Ben, you know, Ben's this, Ben's that. Well, you know, they're the same fucking player to me. Giannis well, is better, better well, Gian- Giannis at least attempts sh- shots. He does. I ben agree. Ben not even attempt a shot. I agree. I mean, and, and, and he's a better version. I mean, he's better than Ben. I'm not trying to say he's he's because he's bigger and stronger than Ben. But it's it's just funny how like it's it's just double standards for like when the media, and, and, and even, with, even with Carson, like, and, and I don't want to go to the Eagles, but it's like, and the media can decide on how they're going to spin something on, hell, even the, you know, the tweets of the pictures of Howie and Jeff Roseman not being next to each other, and then they were, it's like, everything gets spun the way it wants to, but, yeah, I think the Sixers, you, I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, the Eagles, um, I think this year, I think it's going to be a different team. I, I, I already, I think, I, I think it's just going to be a different vibe when they get on the court. I think it's going to be like Doc Rivers is going to, like, we're going to feel Doc from the sideline on the court. It's just like, it's not really a, like with Brett, you always had that. Is he really in control of the locker room? Does he this, does he that? There's no question with Doc. Like, when he walks in, the coach is in the room. That's that. So I'm excited to, ha- I'm excited to have Ben and Joe have a guy that I don't give a fuck who you are. Uh, I'm trying to be – I need a Brett voice. I'm trying to be your friend, Brett, Ben. You know, you had a bad game, but uh, 
you know, you're you're a good guy. Like none none of that shit anymore about you know, you're his coach, he's your player. You ain't their friend. All right, Brett. You know. So yeah. And I think they had to bring in a Doc Rivers in order to keep we got Simmons and we got fucking lucky that that him and Bomber went at it and basically Doc didn't really, I think, want to give Kawhi because I've been reading about it. That's why they're going to try to blow it up. They let they, they let Martrez Harrell go. They let the Morris brother go. They're going to let probably trade Lou Williams. Is the team got fed up with Kawhi Leonard getting Kawhi Leonard treatment, and Doc Rivers wasn't about that. And Bomber is in love with Kawhi Leonard, so we got lucky that the owner pretty much sided with a player over his coach, and that's good for us. We got lucky for once. Yay! Sixers, yay! <laughs> but I mean, he shouldn't have been available. We, w- I literally would be off my roof right now if we had Mike D'Antoni as our fucking coach. That's who it yeah. would have been if we didn't get Doc. Literally, Matt would. I don't even know what I would have done. Don't even know. Yeah, I know. It, I yeah, that was that's the last pick. That's who that would have been. I, I think I any guarantee it would have been him. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. It would have been him. And I, I was just like, I'm out. I'm out. We got a guy that wants to shoot threes, and we don't have one player that can shoot threes. That's just, this is a great fucking fit. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> like that would have been, it would have been terrible. And I know you can make moves, whatever, but you know, yeah, I, 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 I feel, I'm, I'm so excited for the Sixers because I, I really feel we have a true talent evaluator in Maury, and a guy that just is here to win. Like he's not in. Let's build for the future. It's win now. Like, you know, there's no team that's unbeatable in the NBA if we put the right team out there. And that's the kind of guy I want at the helm is get the playoffs, baby. Just win. So. Kind of surreal to think that Dwight Howard is a sixer. I don't want to think about it. Maybe he'll back out. <laughs> it's just so odd. It's, like, God, it's like Bynum. It's like when we got Bynum. Yeah, it's just so odd. It's just I know, like it's it's I don't know. I mean, he did play he did play really well in the playoffs because I mean I watched a lot of those games and he was a fucking rebound monster. I mean, he was he owned the boards when he came in a lot of games. We have four centers on our roster right now. Four. Tony Tony Bradley, Dwight Howard, Joel Embiid, Kyle O'Quinn. Well, Quinn's gone. Quinn yeah, won't be. Yeah, he's gone. Quinn won't be here. And now we'll keep three guys. I think we'll keep Bradley, too. We'll keep Bradley. Yeah, Dwight and Joel. Because I think if Dwight fizzles out, you got Bradley. Or if Bradley fizzles out, you got – like, I think those each are an insurance policy for each other. Yeah. Basically, like, one of them, one of you guys need to work out to be Joel's backup. You know, I think that's – and also, when Joel sits games, we we need two centers to play. You mean yeah, two? So we gotta have three centers on this team. Yeah, I think Joel could probably sit out 10, 12 games. Oh, at least. You know, and that's it's interesting to too. hear. Like you talk about, you know, Doc, like him coming out today and expressing like real concerns about how they're even gonna get the season in. You know, well, the travel and, I think is the real because. You know, it's the travel the and God forbid one or two guys on an NBA roster gets COVID. I mean, I mean, you're playing three, four games a week 
and I think it's well, you have to mandatory for like 10, 12 days. It's a league, you know, a league minimum 10, 12 days of quarantining. Um, and that's not guaranteed that you, that you get back to, with your team right away. I mean, that could, that could essentially, depending on who it is on its, on a squad, that could, that could make or break you making the playoffs or winning a well, playoff series. How they're doing, they're doing top 16s get in. And then seven through ten seeds have playoffs to get in the final two spots. You play a best of three series, the seven plays the ten and the eight plays the nine seed to get into the playoffs for that reason right there. Right. And 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 what I will say is a couple things. I mean the NBA and a lot of these leagues and certain industries, and, I, and I'm not going to go down this road with you. Things either have an inside thing, and I think vaccines and things are coming more available and they're counting on that whether it happens i don't know but i think on high, that kind of level of business there's more information available you know shocking that we're not plugged in but not yet but you know i think with the amount of money and preparation it takes to get seasons going they just have to and the other reality too it's it's simple i mean the players don't want to get paid they can just wait but that we saw what happened last year, <laughs> you know, they didn't, you know, they want to get paid and that's fine. Like, like, that's okay. You know, get paid, but it's, you know, unfortunately you can't sit out the season and get paid still, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you can, if you have enough money, but you won't get your salary for that year. So, you know, I'm excited, but and the, the thing I'm, you know, and the, another reason I think I'm excited is the consistent push from David's from Adam Silver saying there will be fans in the stands like from day one like they're saying day one 7500 to like 10,000 fans in the stadium like, i got i got an email today about sixers tickets i'm telling you like and they, I, was like, they were trying to sell like boxes and shit too and, and, so and john are john are we are we getting our own box oh, guys christmas our, calendar, you to check, your, box? Like, check your mail do each of us get our own box like right next to each other so we're we're properly distanced Four fit podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's uh no I'll tell you I, what, the one guy that I want to really step it up this year, really step it up this year, and I like him. I got I've always had a soft spot for him. I know who you're gonna say. Tobias Harris, Harris, my man. <laughs> Tobias Harris, my man, you're getting paid thirty four point three million dollars. Oh that's again Matt, it's his fault. Matt, Matt, he's, he's getting married, though. I know what you mean. He got it. This is it's go time, brother. It is go. It's it's go time. And I'll bang that drum too. I know you and I have argued or, or discussed heatedly about it. Last year they put him at the three. Had no fucking business in that spot with those cement shoes he calls feet on the wing. <laughs> he's a power forward. He's a fucking power forward, and that's where Doc's gonna play him. And that's. Alone, right then and there. Good. I'm happy. Just Good. Let him play his natural position. He sucks. He sucks. I don't care. But let him play where he's at least comfortable, and not on the wing. Like he's on the wing, and he gets the ball, and he's just like, eh, eh. like get him out for there. He doesn't know what to fucking do because he can't dribble really well. So you got a guy who's not a good dribbler, not a really a super great passer. He's a good slasher and a good yep. put and a good shoot five shooter. Like he's a perfect stretch four for the current NBA. Nah, let's make him a wing player and make him have to make plays with the ball in his hands. Great idea, guys. Super idea. So it's just like, again, 
it's you know it's it was it was putting square pegs in the round holes and I feel now we got guys in place that I are I identify that okay some guys had to go yep. and some guys that are here may still go but let's see if we can fix a couple things first because I agree well, I'll tell you what I think, getting I think Ben and Joe are gonna start the year but believe you yeah. me Daryl Morey if you can get Harden and he doesn't like what he sees from Ben or something. Don't sleep on Harden getting to this team still. I'm telling you, don't sleep on that happening. And because Daryl Morey knows, fuck this, I want to be good for five, seven, eight years. If I can get Harden and Bede together now with Toby and the pieces we have, maybe we steal a chip this year or next year. And that's mm-hmm. all. And that's what you can get up in the NBA. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm tired of this. Let's have a 10 years on last. You got three to five windows. Yep. And you hope that you have stars that stay longer. Then you got to rebuild around them again and, and for another three to five years, basically. So Daryl's coming in now saying Joel's probably got two or three good years left, realistically, of being dominant. If Ben, if we can make Ben work with him, awesome. If not, I'll send Ben to fucking Houston come January, and we'll fucking put James out here and see what happens. Well, I'll I, tell you what, that, that, was, that was my number two, my number two guy on my list of, you know, it's time to it's time to step it up a little bit more than what he's been doing. And you know, I mean, it, look, there's this is it's always been touchy, right? In terms of like, like who people want Ben Simmons to be as a player. But my man's making thirty point five million dollars this year. Like, you're gonna have to start doing a little more than than what you're doing right now. Which, again. I'm probably contradicting myself because in in past episodes I've always been pro Ben in the way he's been playing, but the way that this roster is shaping up, I just I don't know. I, I'm with you, Bill. Like, if he doesn't pan out, don't think for a second Maury's not going to ship his ass to to Houston. And because no, right. he won't. Did you, did you see that Ben was uh, made one of the thirty under thirty of Forbes magazine? Yeah, because he's so fucking rich. Yeah. He's doing his shoe deals, his Nike deals, his NBA yeah. contract, and his gaming deals. And, yeah. he, and he does a ton of shit in, in Australia. He does, like, sports drinks and all this crazy shit I see. Like, he's he's he, he's a brand. He, he, does those mu- he does those meat pies or whatever. You see that? Yeah. The second that we signed him to the Sixers, that – Friggin' Australia meat pie company became like one of the official sponsors. There's like <laughs> signage for it everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. All over Wells Fargo Center. He's like LeBron James in Australia. Yeah. He's like don't LeBron don't in Australia. sleep on meat pies. They're fucking awesome. Oh, oh no, I'm not <laughs> sleeping on them. I'm just saying it, it. You know, don't think for a second he didn't. He doesn't have you know some stake in that. Oh, he's know? a brand, and I mean that's and that's why I think, and that's why I'm okay with trading him. And, and 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 I would trade Joel too if that's what it took, but I because I think Joel is, is on is on a decline too, just because of his age and his lack of being in shape. But I think the reality is is we're not going to sign Ben to a third contract. Like I think he's in L.A. or New York yeah. for this contract. For Man, sure. his age twenty six isn't that a bitch? <laughs> Talking about a twenty six year old <laughs> being on the downside. Well, he don't take care of himself. And for his size, too, yeah, his size and his and his and his. I mean, he's 280 pounds. And he, I mean, humans aren't naturally built to be seven feet. Like, I mean, that's just the reality. So when you're not a natural human body, you break down in different ways, different times or whatever. 
So when you're 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, and 24, you get hurt with different injuries. You don't just all of a sudden become uninjury prone as you get your late 20s. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. So we got lucky last year. We might get lucky this year, but the way he, and, he, and, he, and he's clumsy as shit. He well, that's why I kind of hope. That's why I kind of hope that the White Howard thing pans out because if the White Howard plays the with the same mindset that he did in Los Angeles, I and mean, you know why he might pan out? He's going to be a very serviceable backup. And you know why he might pan out, Matt? Too. And again, I don't think because maybe we have to trade Joel to get James, and it's Ben and it's James and Ben, and now Dwight starts starting guy. Well, all we need is the rim protector with a guy mm-hmm. like James and Ben. Yeah. So it's, I, I think with Maury, it's going to be. I don't. I, I think he's going to give these guys like 20, 30 games, and I, I if if we're you know I if it gels, awesome, let's rock it. But he's not the kind of guy. Seventy seven trades in five years in Houston. All right, like he ain't sitting on his fucking thumbs, you know. So it's you know he made it clear like I'm here to win. So, but yeah, yeah. no, I think I agree. I think if Toby can become basically our second main scorer behind Joel, we're going to be a really good team. Because we got enough guys after that with the Steph Curry's, the Danny Greens, yeah. Ben's gonna score. You know, yeah. we got guys, Maxie's gonna be Maxie. We got guys that can put up 10, 15, you know, to supplement Joel's 25, 30 and Toby's 18 to 22 range. So it's like the team is built really well. How it is now, it's just they gotta go out and, per- and gel and perform. So I- I'm like really excited. I've I would like to see fight. a tad more bench depth. Like, and again, like Daryl Morey, I'm sure he's got a plan, but I mean, but, but then again, you look at our, well, ben, you, got, bench you got, you got Thibel, you got Mike Scott, which I'm, you, you know, shake. whatever. You got shake. Glenn Robinson, the third, which shake. I think was underutilized. Under the, I like Burke. I like a lot. I think Burke's can play. Burke was the only ball handler we had other than fucking uh, uh, NATO in the playoffs. I mean, Burke was the only one who could dribble the ball. When after Ben got hurt, I mean, he literally played point. So I think our team is, and I, I tell you, I, it's, it's, if Seth and Danny Green can play the level they've had for the last few years, and there's no reason to think they can't. Yep. I mean, I, I, I really oh, think, t- uh, Turd Ferguson. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Terrace Ferguson. People like him a lot. People, I, I, you know, I was, no saying, disrespect. Just, o- just OKC, OKC really didn't want, didn't want to let him go with multiple deals that they had because they think he's like a Thibel for like a kind of Thibel player. Yeah. So that also makes me think maybe we have to package Thibel to get something too. Like it would, you know, and, and, and that's why I like guys like Maury is he gets it, you know, you just build up talent and you see what works. And if it doesn't work, you get rid of the pieces that don't and you fix it up. Our other GM assembles lack of talent. I was going to say, unlike, <laughs> unlike Elton. Yeah, man. Nice guy. Seems like a really nice guy. Seems like a seems like a players a, a players guy too. I mean, well respected. But I mean, I feel like he need... hey, he got Horford here. He's the reason Horford came here, baby. Yeah, but he's also the reason why Horford never left too. When we should have we should have started. We should have got rid of him. Right. I mean, what were we saying? You know, at the beginning of last year, it's like, all right, well, let's see how it gels and and you know. Like like I said, like I I was gonna give it to the All Star break last year, which was probably still too late. But 
you know, I mean, by the time the All-Star break came around, it, it was abundantly clear that, that that roster was not gelling at all. No, there was no, I mean, they, they had no energy. Had the, the whole Jimmy Butler thing destroyed that team. Brett was a dead man walking, and it was literally just nobody listened to Brett. Jay, I mean, when guys are going to the media, like Jay Rich and other guys saying, like, we don't, Brett talks and we don't listen at halftime, basically. It's like, you're done. I mean, you're done. <laughs> I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah, and I like to think, and I feel sorry for Brett because I think you you brought it up a time or two. You know, when you're the coach of a team that was built to lose in order to get better, and then all of a sudden you're better, and then you're supposed to be this hard-nosed, win-now type of coach, 100%. you're 100%. just not – you can't flip that switch. I mean, I, I, I guys are not going to look at you a different, a different way. He was never know? set up for success. And that's, what I, mean, that's what I mean. Like he had a, he's the fall guy that just had to come in and be at, be on the, on the sidelines. And we got kind of good. And they, and I know they didn't want him being there. But they're like, all right, well, we have to give him a shot at least. The players like him, you know, whatever. But it was so evident in the Raptors series. With Nick Nugent, not Nick Nugent, uh, Nick Nurse. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the old Nuge. And, uh, and then, then Nuge. actually with Brad Stevens again. I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 it was just so evident that we can't, when we needed to score or get a stop on defense, Stevens would call us timeout for the Celtics and he would make the play happen. We would do the same thing and have a turnover or they would get an easy dunk or an easy, th- like, Brett couldn't scheme up a go to play on either end of the floor when we needed it. And, that's where I'm hoping Doc's different. We also that. had no floor spacing because we had no shooting. I mean, and that's what it is. I mean, but it's, you know, but if, if the rumors were true that Brett made, made a play for Jimmy or me kind of deal and they went the, the Brett route, all right, Brett, what's your fucking plan, bro? Yep. What's your plan, my man? Yeah. You know, you, you had your best, your best player that the team's had since Barkley on the court. That's a yep. fucking fact. Or Iverson, yep. I guess. If you want, that's debatable with some people. But, yeah. uh, you know, the reality <laughs> is that Jimmy Butler is, is the best sixer we've had since AI and Barkley. It's not even close. He is light years ahead of Joel and Ben Simmons. And we let him fucking go because our coach didn't like the way he questioned him. Oh, in film study. Uh, uh, get the fuck out of here. Let's, let's be honest, though. He is, a, he is a unique personality. It's not like... Oh, yeah. It's, the heat it, of the finals. It's not like a... Like a uh, I'm trying to think of a superstar that's pretty mellow. Uh, Clay Thompson is the perfect. Example. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good one. I mean, I'm, he's only played for one team, but yeah, okay. Willie Cauley Stein. He's arguably a top well, team player in the league, and just wants to win. I don't care about the microphone in my face. Right, but I mean, Clay Clay's been on just the Golden State Warriors. I'm talking about a guy who's maybe been a few places like i mean it'll be interesting kevin durant will be probably yeah. one of the closest ones Kawhi leonard super introverted Kawhi, are, Kawhi leonard right. but are. again at Kawhi leonard championship you know yeah pedigree you know yeah he's a definitely a personality that you can see with the wrong coach wouldn't work yeah you know what i mean like did he didn't he wasn't thibodeau his coach in chicago yes and, and and Minnesota, do they traded for him? Right. So it's like, oh, you need no, to get a coach here that could tame the tame the lion. No, you're right. He's probably a jerk off. You know, and and Pat Riley could probably, you know, you know I don't want to say work with him, but like, 
No, they can't work with him. Pat Riley was like Phil Jackson before Phil Jackson. Like he knew how to manage egos and knew when to stroke them and Mm -hmm. knew when to let them go and just be, you know, who, you know, um, um, Chuck, Chuck, uh, Chuck Daly was another one. Everything that they say about Jimmy Butler, it's, it's simple. And that's why I think he was really built for Philly is, he didn't. He wanted out of the Bulls because they were a losing team, like they were going nowhere. So that made sense. Whatever, get him out of there. He wanted out of Minnesota because he knew Wiggins and Cat were soft. And guess what? Fast forward two years later, Wiggins and Cat are soft. So the fact Jimmy just didn't want to play with soft players really is like infuriating. And the reason he worked in Miami is everything you read about him, and you can go on and see it. He eats, sleeps, and shits basketball. He's a gym rat. He's in there like mm-hmm. 5 a.m., say so like 5 p.m. All he wants to do is practice and watch film. Sixers, he, he talks about it. They would go in the film room with Brett, Ben, Joel, Toby, and they would just sit there and like eat sandwiches and like talk about like video games and just different shit and not break the game down. And he would break the game down and they would just kind of like, like, yeah, yeah like, he, like he has to be on a team that really wants to win. And the Sixers sure. culture at the time was just, hey, what, what, you know. Look, are we going to have Chick-fil-A for dinner? Because I guess they would, they would order that a lot, I read one time. It would, it would be nice to see – it would have been nice to see Doc Rivers coach Jimmy Butler. Exactly. Have a guy yeah, like yeah. that to yeah. where, you know – and but, it, but, again, you know, what's done is done. You know, it, it, it's – you know, I guess so I hope the Sixers learn from them. And I, and I think Josh learned from his mistake that he needs – he needed to get somebody in on the front office level who knew what the fuck they were doing and a coach – that could really tame superstar egos and that's mm-hmm. not hopefully that he did it with Pierce Garnett and Ray Allen. So if he can handle those three yep. and Rondo, yeah. I'm hoping he can handle Ben and Joel. And you're right. I don't I mean, if doc didn't come along man, we would have been so screwed. Because- I'd, be, I'd be a Miz a Rob right now. If we had, if we didn't get doc, a Miz, a Rob right now. <laughs> it would have been so bad. Uh, could you imagine with the way the Eagles are playing right now? And we had, we had uh, Mike D'Antoni as our Sixers coach. There's no way there would not have been a fight fit at some point that happened. I would have drove the Brigantine, tried to climb down the balcony, dislocated <laughs> my shoulder, falling off of it. I'm calling the association president immediately. Well, th- thank God, I guess, for Doc, for Doc leaving, because that probably would have happened. Yep. Did, and, wait, did Mike D'Antoni go anywhere? Yeah, he's assistant coach for somebody. I think Steve Nash in Brooklyn, I think. Oh. He's an assistant coach. You know, he got, I do kind of feel bad he got fucked because everybody says Zach Love reported that he left Houston thinking he had Philly in the bag. <laughs> huh. uh, sorry about that, pal. <laughs> oh, it yeah. could be worse. We could have Tyron Love, too. Uh, I'm okay with him, but right. I don't like him. But I would have been, I would have rather had him over D'Antoni, is what I would say. I'd huh. rather have him over D'Antoni. But I don't think we would have hired him. I don't think we, I, I, I think Josh Harris wanted a proven guy this time. I don't. I don't see it in Tyron Lue. I don't know. No, I mean we'll see. You know, it's I. I. I just really am not a D'Antoni guy. I think he had it. I think his his scheme, the small ball three, you know, space and pace. That's a unique way of playing, and that's not an East Coast. And and I, that that's not how you beat the Heat, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Pacers. You don't beat them that way. And having a coach like that would would have just really been really fucking bad and i'm really thankful that we got a guy like doc that's okay winning a game 83 to 82 like that's fine for doc 
He don't give a shit. You know, right. just win, baby. Lock it down. If we're afraid, hey, we're off that night, so be it. We can't hit a shot. Just, you know, and that's where I think he was. That's the first thing I saw that he said is, you know, people won't talk about offense with this team and Ben shooting. He's like, we're going to lock teams down night in and night out on defense. Like that's what, and I was like, thank you. Play to this team's strength. Don't let yep. them score. Don't worry about the fast break. Nobody fucking rebound. Ben and Joel should be crashing every play for every rebound. Fuck the fast break. We don't have, I mean, it, it wasn't like we had like Zach Levine and like, you know, Kem, like Kemba Walker on the, on the wings, on the breaks. We had fucking Tobias Harris. And who? Fucking Korkmaz running the fast breaks. But, I mean, fucking Korkmaz got blocked by Eric Bledsoe the one game. Bledsoe's like five seven and a half. Korkmaz is six four. All right, I fucking watched it on a fucking layup. Bledsoe <laughs> blocked Korkmaz. So that's our fucking fast break, Brett. Way to go, pal. Have fun in, uh, you know, have fun calling games. Yeah, because and and then I thought I do feel bad because he quit the Australian national team. <laughs> yeah, he's all depressed. He's at home just like. Drinking, eat, eat, eating those meat pies, thinking of Ben. <laughs> meat pies, meat pies, and, and a case of Coors Light. He just has that. No, I'm drinking Foster's, Australian beer, thinking of Brett, thinking, thinking of Ben. There's oil cans of Foster's and meat pie wrappers everywhere. Jeez. Get out of here. I mean, Ben, I blew it. I blew it, Ben. <laughs> we love, and, and listen. There should be zero sympathy for Brad because he's getting paid $5 million this year, uh, yeah, $5 he's million got a, next year. The Sixers gave him a nice little severance package. And he made a lot of money as our coach here. He'll never have to work again, so if he chooses to. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Well, hey, not to switch it back to the Eagles real quick, but before we get out of here, I'm going to ask a question. I normally ask – Yes, John's been wrong. I think the Eagles are still going to win the win the next game, but I think it's now not not weird to ask how much do you think the Eagles are going to lose by? (laughs) Is it going to be a close game? Are they going to make it interesting, like John said? Is the defense going to show up and and make make something make something worth watching? But I. Yeah, I think we're losing by like 10 points at least. Get their dicks kicked in. That's our answer. It might be, we might be down 34 to 3 at halftime. Yeah. It, it's going to be embarrassing. Aaron Listen. got embarrassed last year by Carson. He don't forget shit like that. He has his game circled. Listen, Aaron's going to come. Devontae is going to just literally chew us apart. Listen, I'm not, I'm, uh, man, you know what? That that would be good for my fantasy team. There it is. You and Poot, you and John, you and John. There it is. No, I already I lost. I, uh, I I I look forward to um a very um successful week fantasy wise. I need it. I'm on a I'm on a bit of a losing streak, but um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a double digit loss, and I might fall asleep. You know, the beginning of the fourth quarter, like I did last night. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> because it's it's getting to it's getting to that point, fellas. It's just uh, it's, it's really hard. There. It's hard to it's watch, there. man. It's not getting there, Matt. It's been there since the Giants game in East Rutherford. Yeah. Since then, I mean, really, all year it's been hard to watch. But like some of the games, okay, we won a game, cool. The Browns game, Giants game, and this past game, 
is just literally just like it's supposed to be entertaining, and I'm just, I'm just agita all the time when I watch this team. Nothing but agita. Aj. And it's, like, it's supposed to be a hobby. It's and supposed it's, to be a pastime, right? It is, and that's, what, and that's why the fans are just nuts because it's like if we came in a year like, okay, we know, we know we're in a rebuild, whatever. Let's just – is what it is. Let's see what we got. Not when we have $200 million salary cap, everything fucking to the max, and then we got that this fucking shit show on the field every Sunday. Mm. It's like, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, no, Eagles, Eagles I think final score is 37-20 Packers. Ooh, I believe that. I believe it. Bill, you actually yep. think we're going to score 20 points? <laughs> that, thank you, Jesse. <laughs> their defense is really bad. Trubisky scored 26. Mitch, come on, Mitch. Mitch threw three touchdowns. If Mitch could throw three touchdowns, now he has Allen Robinson, I'll give him that. But Mitch threw three touchdowns, scored 26. Dude, the, the Seahawks defense is hot garbage, and look what we did last night. Yeah, but the Seahawks always had our mode. We, we've always – they're just one of those teams. They have football. our number, especially like at the winter. Tampa Bay, we always play Tampa Bay. I'm just like, oh, God, no matter how shitty Tampa Bay is, they always hit like a 65-yard field goal to get to beat us. Like, Tampa just always worries me. And But the Packers, we kind of beat them a lot, though. But not this time. <laughs> Aaron's coming out. He's on an MVP mission. Yep. And I think he sees the Eagles as, oh, I got I, I got some chicken wings coming to town, boys. He's got some unfinished business. Yeah, he lost. He got embarrassed by Carson last year. And uh, I think time, time for him to make, make do on that. Yep, and he's going to step right on Carson's throat when he's most vulnerable. And Carson's going to give him a hug and say, good game, brother. We both made $30 million. We each got paid $4 million for this game. Let's go. There and, uh, it is. And Carson's going to say, how's your family, Aaron? And Aaron's going to say, I haven't talked to him in two years. Oh, okay. Good, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What family? <laughs> That's what he's going to say. That's He's gonna say, "I'm. A, I don't know, Carson. I'm an army of one. I don't. I don't have family." <laughs> what, what if Aaron makes people put, like? What if Carson's whole back is just an AO one tat? Like his whole back is just like a piece AO one. I actually would like him more if he did that. Or what I, if it's a? What if it's a? What if it's an entire crucifixion scene on his back? And it's just like Jesus an AO one crucified with AO one in the background. Like in the in the clouds. Yeah, no, it's gonna be another brutal weekend. So that's so only three more weeks till the Sixers. So that's right. End of the tunnel. That's right. And then that, and and by the next time we podcast, it'll only be two weeks. Yep. And it will be three, eight, and one. And it will be on to New Orleans. Who I think we can actually beat. But I'll save that for next week. So the final score. Against the Packers, 30, 37, what was it, 37 to 20? That's my prediction. 37 to 20. Jesse, take it away. Ah, uh, dude, I. You don't have one? Do it. it it's, they're going to lose by, yeah, it's going to be a double-digit loss. It's going to be ugly. We're going to be screaming why they're 
why they run the ball five times by the end of the game. Over under what drive does Carson the Giants in the text Carson sucks. This guy is terrible. <laughs> maybe maybe the second, second down first drive second down first drive second down yeah. first drive if it's Jin John. If it's if Jin John's not at around, it's gonna be it, like by like the maybe it's gonna be like the first play of the third quarter. Eleven all the time. <laughs> I will give John. I will give John some credit. He's had some growth tonight. Like yes. starting to to talk about like you know, there's been a lot of injuries and you know. Me, I mean, I've only said that the last three podcasts, but okay. Well, and you're also starting to be like, well, almost maybe it's not all his fault. But then in the text messages, you're like, this guy fucking sucks. He's he's terrible. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not wavering from that. I, I said it two years ago when we talked about the contract. Yeah, never liked him. Question, never, never liked him. Never thought he had it. Never showed me anything. Still hasn't showed me anything. It's got a lot to prove. Here's a question oh, for you. Here's a question. I'm just putting it out there. Oh God, this is because well, there's two things. There's a few, I can see for next week. It's there's a few quarterbacks that'll be free agents after next season that I wonder if we would go after. And I can yeah. name some names. We're not going after any quarterbacks. After Carson, we cut Carson. I'm saying after next season, and we cut Carson, um, and we don't hand the keys to Jalen. There's three or four quarterbacks that I would be okay giving a shot, like a prove it deal kind of situation. In well, it. well, we'll definitely. I'm going to write that down for for there's next week. Four guys that I would say you got like Teddy D, like guys. We're that starting. Got the, we're starting the episode off next week with this, okay. and I'll save it. I won't even talk about it. But there's guys that. That one four. year, $10 million, one year, $15 million prove it deal kind of guys. There's four guys that I would totally be on board with coming to here if Carson fizzles next year and he's gone to battle hurt Jalen for the starting spot. And if Jalen beats him out, so be it. But, you know, there's there's some guys. I'm writing it down. Do it, and I'll have them for you. I'll save it. I won't even bring them up to you until next week. I'll make it fresh. Fresh. Fresh content. That's what I like. <laughs> what I like. Well, from now till next week, Jesse, muster one up from the gut. Go, birds.